This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. We discussed in the past that tonight, the night before December 25th, in halacha is called Nittelnacht. So we discussed in the past the halachic status for those who uh, keep Nittelnacht. I want to talk about something else related to Nittelnacht, but a different uh, issue. If you open up a Shulchan Aruch, it's in Mitov Kuf Pei, you'll find something that you don't find anywhere else in Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch gives you a list of fast days, and he gives you a whole long list, and he gets to the eighth day of Tevis, he says, you know what happened on the eighth day of Tevis? Tameh HaMelech forced us to translate the Torah into Greek. Then we have Asar B'Tevis, and the ninth day of Tevis, We don't know what happened. Unbelievable. A fast day for no reason. Look up in Shulchan Aruch, don't trust me. Semitov Kov Pei, the Mechaber writes, We have no idea what happened. So, if you don't know, why do we keep it? But that's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. There's supposed to be a fast day on the 8th, 9th, and 10th. 8th because of Talmei HaMelech. The 9th day because of We don't know. And the 10th day is Asar B'Tevis. If you look in the tour, he says it's slightly different. He says, Rabbi Seinu, Loikosu Rabbi Seinu Mahu. The rabbis didn't tell us what it is. Again, secretive. So secretive. No one knows what's going on. But you should fast, but don't ask why. Very, very strange. If you look in the Beis Yosef on that simon in Shulchan Aruch, the Beis Yosef writes, I don't know where this list came from, but I don't know anyone who keeps this list. I did not hear, I did not see anyone who fasts on this day. And if you look up the tour, it's a long list. It's a lot of days. Some of them are very controversial days. Why? Some of them are Rish Chodesh. Some of them are during Hanukkah. We're not allowed to fast on those days. But it's a long list in both in Torah and Shulchan Aruch. And the Bishayim says, I don't know anyone that's mach. I never saw anyone that fasted on these days. However, if you look at the Magad Avram on that same simon, the Magad Avram says, but it's brought down the Megillah's Tainus. The Megillah's Tainus is in the Gemara. That's from, you can't just mach that avek the Megillah's Tainus. So therefore says the Magad Avram, being that it's a Megillah's Tainus, we have to take it seriously. And he writes, Kol Abal Nefesh Yachmir. About Nefesh should be machmir to fast what would be last week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. Rabbi Yaakov Emden points out in his Hagois that he thinks that there's a mistake in the Magad of Ram. He thinks the Magad of Ram got it wrong. He thinks that this list that we have did not come from the Megillah's Tainus, which would make him Medina de Gemara, but rather came from the Bahag, the Baal Halachis Gedolus, who we also don't know who authored that Sefer, but we put it somewhere in the Goenic era, not Bizman HaGemara. And therefore the Yaivitz felt it's not as strict as the Magad Avram made it out to be. But be it as it may, what is the mystery of the ninth day of Tevis? What happened, and why is it so secretive? So if you look on the Taz on the side of the Shulchan Aruch, he says, I don't know what the big secret is. Everyone knows what happened on the ninth day of Tevis. Ezra Seifer died. What's the secret? And we all saw it in the Slichas on Friday morning. If we looked carefully in the Slichas, it said very clearly, Ezra Seifer died on the ninth day of Tevis. What's the big secret? So the Taz says, I don't know what's the big secret. I don't know what everyone's so not sure about. It's very clear that Ezra HaSefer died on the ninth day of Tevis. The problem with the Apshat is, the, ta- the Taz is right. So why are we being so secretive? What's the big secret? Tell us. Ezra HaSefer died. Interesting, if you look in the Kolboi, the Kolboi is another Sefer, but I'm not so sure who authored it. The Kolboi was most likely authored by the Orchus Chaim, which puts us in the 14th century. And the Kolboi says, not only did Ezra die on the 9th, Nehemiah also died on the 9th. Two great leaders at that same time in Jewish history, both died on the 9th day of Tevis. So writes the Kolboi. 
Now, some people don't like this shot because they say, what, Ezra HaSeifer? Why should he be a reason for a fast day? The answer is, if you study Jewish history, you'll appreciate what Ezra HaSeifer did. Ezra and Nehemiah together did an unbelievable Kirov project on Klai Yisrael. Besides of bringing all the Jews back from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael, helping build the Beis Hamidosh, bring back Yiddishkeit, which we pick, we have in our mind, it was a beautiful Orthodox world that was absolutely not like that in Eretz Yisrael. Ezra had to make Takanas. Ezra had to make Brisim with Klai Yisrael, not to worship Avedazar, not to be open on Shabbos. If you read through Nehemiah, you'll read what Ezra did together with Nehemiah, what they did for Klai Yisrael. Therefore, they were great people. And for that reason, there's a fast day to commemorate their Ptira. Some people want to suggest that Ezra actually died on the 10th day of Tevis. So why do we commemorate the 9th? Because we don't want it to be overshadowed by the 10th day of Tevis. So even though maybe Lamaise, he died on the 10th, we'll commemorate it on the 9th. If Yaakov Emden has a very beautiful pshat in Yaris Devash, why so secretive then? Well, Yaris Devash is... I said Yaris Devash, no? I didn't say it? I'm sorry, Yaris Devash, his enemy. If Yaris Devash says in Yaris Devash... Why so secret about Ezra's Petira? So he says, because we know Ezra was the Madrig of Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe wouldn't have been the Nais and Atayra, Ezra would have been the Nais and Atayra. And since we know Moshe Rabbeinu's Petira, we know when he died, we don't know when he's, where he's buried. So Moshe Rabbeinu's death has a little bit of secrecy to it. So to Ezra's Petira is also met with a little bit of secrecy. We don't really know if he died on the 9th or if he died on the 10th. So why don't we trust the Moshe Rabbeinu's death? <coughs> it's a good question. Zayin Adar. Okay, so now let's go some of the other pshatim. Some of the more creative reasons I found in the Sefer, ha- Sefer HaKabola LaHaRavid. Now this is not the Ravid you know if you learn Rambam and Ravid. This is a different Ravid. This Ravid lived in the 1100s. He was uh, more of a historian. It's questionable how authentic everything is in that Sefer. So he comes up with a really creative pshat. He says, you know what happened on the ninth day of Tevis? The ninth day of Tevis, the son of Yosef Hanagid, sorry, the son of Shmuel Hanagid, Yosef Hanagid was murdered. He was murdered on the ninth day of Teves in the year 1066, and that's why we fast on the ninth day of Teves. So now we understand why it's a secret. We don't want uh, Yosef Hanagi knowing that he's going to die, so they kept it a secret. The problem with this pshad is, again, unfortunately he wasn't the only Jew to be murdered. He wasn't the first, and we hope he'd be the last, but unfortunately there have been many Jews that were murdered throughout Jewish history. Why does his death get him a special day on the calendar? So if you go further on, on the Ha'aris on the tour, on the new tour, they have a Ha'aris on the footnote. And they bring down a pshat. This is the more common pshat that would happen on the ninth day of Tevis. That's when Yashka was born. Noilad Oise Ish. So this pshat makes actual sense with why we don't want to say it. We can't write in the Shulchan Aruch, we're fasting the day that their God was born. It would be terrible for us. It would be extremely dangerous. We know the Gemaras were censored, different segments of the Gemara. So this pshat actually works out. It also works out a little bit with the Gaisha misinformation that Yashka was born this time of the year, even though we, those who study know he was not born this time of the year, but we're not going to get into that for now. But that's one of the pshatim that they bring down, that Yashka was born, and they say that's why it's called Nittal. Nittal stands for Noilad Yeshu Tesletavis. That's one of the pshatim in the world, Nittal Nacht, which is commemorated for many tonight, for others, January 7th. If you look in the Ramah Sefer on the Megillah, the Ramah wrote a Sefer on the Megillah called Mechir Yayin. On the Mechir Yayin, the Ramah is a different pshat. <clears throat> the Ramah says, do you know what happened on Tes Teves? Es, um, Esther died. Now it's very strange. Where does he know that from? All we have about the month of Teves is actually in the Megillah, it says the month when Esther was taken by Ahasuerus. It says she was taken in the month of Teves. 
Somehow the Ramah got from there that she died in the month of Tevis. Not sure where. It doesn't say that in the Megillah. All it says in the Megillah that she was taken on the te- in, the, in Tevis. And actually, it wasn't such a bad thing that she was taken. It ended up bringing out the Geula for Kla Yisrael. But that's the Ramah's pshat. And then we come to the most controversial pshat of all of them, which appears the latest. It comes from Rav Baruch Frankel to Umen. Rav Baruch Frankel to Umen was a Choshiva Talmud Chacham in the 1800s. He was probably most famous for being the father-in-law of the Divrei Chaim. He was the father-in-law of the Sanzer Rebbe, Sanzer Ruf, twice. The Divrei Chaim had two daughters. Divrei Chaim was married twice to two daughters of Rebbe Frankel. The first one, then she died, and then he married the sister. So he was a Shver twice. So he was a Choshevil in the 1800s, and he writes the following idea. He says he found a manuscript. Now keep in mind, he died in 1828. That's what we're talking about now, 19th century. He writes, I found the manuscript. And the manuscript says, you know what happened on the ninth day of Tevis? Shimon HaKalpus died. Who on earth is Shimon HaKalpus? So this is the old story where you have to go back to the Sefer called Toldus Yeshu. Hard, I, I don't have a copy of it. I don't even have an Oitzar Chachma. But if you look in Toldus Yeshu, some people have it. Shnei Wyman has one. Toldus Yeshu gives us a very, very interesting story about who Shimon HaKalpus was. Shimon HaKalpus was better known today in Christian belief as Peter, the first pope in, in the church. Um, Shimon HaKabos was a Choshevayid, one of the Tanoim, Amaroim of that era. And there was a big problem with Christianity when it first started. It was very similar to Orthodoxy. It was similar to Judaism, because it was. It was a bunch of Jews. The difference was, they believed that Yashko was Mashiach, and the rest of us didn't. So the Chazal at that time saw, we, we're going to have a problem over here, being able to tell the difference between a Yashkanik and a regular. So they had a meeting. This is all recorded in Taldus Yeshu. They had a meeting. How are we going to fix this? And Shimon HaKalbo, Shimon Akiba said, you know what, I'm going to infiltrate into this new religion. I'm going to make it very clear what's Judaism, what's Christianity. This way, we won't have any problems going further. Again, it's an elaborate story. He asked to have, you know, to make sure he won't get held accountable. And Hashem will be Michael Zaveris. And this is the Shimon HaKalpus, also better known in the world today of <coughs> Peter, who became one of the first leaders. And he died on Testaves. And with Taka, he was a tzaddik. And we're mourning his petir because Imams changed the world. He made it clear two separate religions, Christianity and Judaism. That's the Toldus Yeshim, that's what Baruch Frank. So Professor Lyman has a historical problem with this. The problem is, you can't tell me something happened so many years ago and the earliest source is not... Toldus Yeshu wasn't printed until the 1700s. Rebbe Frankel lived in the 1700s. What happened from the times of the Rishayim to the 1800s? Something doesn't work out. So Professor Lyman came across a fascinating Rashi in Avodah Zarah, Daf Yud. There's a Gemara in Daf Yud and Avodah Zarah. The Gemara tells us um, about the Romans. The Gemara says they're a Bozri. Gemara tells us about the Romans. They're a nation. They're, they're a nation. They don't have their own writings and they don't have their own language. What does that mean? So Rashi writes over there, Loshin Romium me Uma Acheres Bolahem. The Roman comes from other nations. The Acherim Tiknu Kalsifarein. And others instituted their Svarim. What does Rashi mean? So there's a censored Rashi on that sugya. Now in the newer Gemaras you can get it. Look in the censored Rashi, the censored Rashi says, oh, Rashi is referring to the whole Toldus Yeshu story. That what? That when the first original Galochim started, they had their own little language. 
because they wanted to make it a whole private idea to break away from Judaism to start this new religion called Christianity. So they talk and made up a language. The original Romans, not the Roman means, the original church that was started originally by a bunch of Jews who wanted to separate from regular mainstream Klai Yisrael, they made up their own language that only the Galachim spoke, and that's what Rashi is referring to. So therefore says, Professor Leibman, Rashi lived in the end of the, in the beginning of, Rashi died in the, in the beginning of 1100s. So we have a tradition at least dating back that far that we had the Sefer called Taldus Yeshu. He records the whole story. It's an authentic story. <clears throat> the only kasha I have is that there was a, the Machzavitri was a Talmud of Rashi. The Machzavitri has an unbelievable piece. He writes that people say that this, the Tzfilah Nishmas was written by this Shemen Akipa. Says the Machzavitri, you got to see it inside, he writes, anyone who says that, when Mashiach come, comes, they're going to have to bring a fat carbon chatas. Chatas Shmeina. Because this Shimon was a terrible guy, he was a Russia, he was not a Tzadik. Now the Machzavitri was a Talmud of Rashi, it's not Shver that he argues in Rashi, but clearly he did not agree with Rashi to this story of the Tzadik Yeshu, that Shimon Akiba was a good guy. He thought Shimon Akiba was not a good guy. But at least according to Rashi and Avoy it comes out that we have some legitimacy to this story of Taldus Yeshu, which dates us back to Shimon. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. He instituted the Tefillah of Nishmas on Shabbos morning. That's what they say. So the Machzavitri says, that's absolutely not true. Peter was a bum. You can't say that. That's what the Machzavitri writes. But, um, so Rashi, according, if you, you get the new Gemaras with the uncensored Rashi, Rashi Taka quotes this told this Yeshu. Be it as it may, this fast day has not become the scabble as far as I know, but it definitely begs the question, something is being hidden from us, where the Shulchan writes, they were definitely afraid of somebody, it makes the most sense to be something to do with Yashko or to do with Peter, because why else are we so scared, why are we so hesitant to tell people, and now maybe we have a little bit of a better understanding of what exactly was this fast day.